Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Hi. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Becky's whispering to me. (laughs) I thought it was like so subtle. I hope I hope people can hear that. I'll tell you to leave it in. Uh, Sorry, amplify whatever. So funny. <laughs> uh, well, so yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's up? We're back at it again with Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, season two. Season two. So we decided originally we were gonna do all four, like Bing Bang Boom. That's what you're getting for the next four weeks. Bada Bing Bada Boom. And and while we love that idea, we we did. St- pause and think about you guys for at least one second because we were like (laughs) what if there are people that don't care about stranger things or like a tv show review in general so we're like okay we're gonna we'll break it up a little bit yeah so you're getting like season one and season two back to back but then next week won't be season three it's gonna be something else it's gonna be true crime yeah season three will come oh just not next week just not next week yeah it will be after after that yeah yeah and then season four Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We just figured we'll break it up because, yeah, if, if you're only here for true crime, then yeah, fair enough. We get it. Then these episodes are super boring for you. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I even have podcasts where, like, <laughs> I fucking love them, but then they'll be they'll do, like, a review of something that I don't give a flying shit about, and I don't listen to it. Yeah. So, like, that's why fair I was enough. like, yeah, you know what, we just, bitty, bitty, you know, break it up. Break it up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like Stranger Things... I guess that's fine. I mean, I guess you're allowed. Like, is to it have though? <laughs> your own opinion. You can. You can be your own person to a degree. You should probably just like Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Where do we even begin? I I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, I think I don't even know. I think the first episode. Well, the first episode is called Mad Max. So like. I mean, that's a there, direct nod. That's already a nod, of course. <laughs> a direct to, one. Like, there's no beating around that. Bush. To what? Mad Max. Um, <laughs> to what exactly? <laughs> and so, but obviously, it's an introduction to the new character of Max. Who she's she's a fucking badass. Oh, she's awesome. So let's talk about Max then. Let's just start. Let's there. just talk about Max. Yeah. I love her. I know. Me too. She she quickly goes on to be like. Top three favorite characters for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, sh- yeah. I, I, I think I love every character for, like, very different reasons. They all have very unique personalities and, like, mm-hmm. their own individual style. But, like, I relate to Max. Yeah. Like, her attitude, how she handles things. Like, I just, like, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they nailed that one. Yeah. She brings, um obviously, a bit of, like female energy to the group that's different from Elle because obviously again Elle is sort of like an alien like she doesn't really know she's (laughs) She's a girl but like she's like barely human like she knows she doesn't she's human but like she's not a be a person you know exactly so and Max but then the interesting thing about Max is like Max is not like a girly girl right like she's kind of one of the boys yeah but like she skateboards she plays video games like yeah and something we'll go on to talk about in the next season is like while she's not a girly girl like she has like femininity to her, like she's yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. She yeah. kind of balance. She she's balanced, but um, but yeah, I think the one of the main things in the beginning is the fact that like she the Mad Max 
is beating all of their high scores in the arcade. Yeah. And then she comes into school and they're like, oh, our new student, Max. And then, like, I think it's Dustin or one of yeah. them's like, Mad Max. And they're like, it can't be. Girls don't play video games. Yeah. And then she's, like, fucking wiping the floor with them. Yeah. Like, and so it's really pushing against that stereotype of, like, which I know even, even kind of is still around today that you know, video games and arcade games and whatever, all that whole, that whole industry is much more like male dominated. Yeah. So there, but there are still women in it. Right. And they talk about how like, it is hard because it's just like, it's hard to be taken seriously because, you know, like Twitch streamers and stuff like that, where they're like, I'm a girl, but like, I'm also, I'm good at video games and that's what I like to do. And then that's the thing too, is that like, just go into a whole different world of tangent here is like, if you are a girl who games and you do something like you're on Twitch or whatever, the expectation is that you're just going to, like, basically do it just to be eye candy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, some some girls are just, like, good at gaming. And yeah. they don't need to take their top off for you. Like, just let them fucking game. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just let them fucking do their thing. Just fucking talented. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's the whole thing with Max, where they're, like, they don't believe that it's her yeah. because she's a girl. And they're and not she's try- so good, They're clearly. not trying to obviously be, like, super sexist, but they're just, like, they're young boys. And they're and just, like, just I can't, I've never is. met a girl like that before. Yeah. Right? So they're just like, I I don't believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then she, like, skateboards and everything, and she's just, like, cool. Yeah. She really is just cool. Yeah. She's also, like, I I find her to be, like, a phenomenal actress. Like, her face alone is so expressive. Yeah. Like, it's... I I love the career path she's on now, because I feel like... I was saying this to Drew a little while ago, and this isn't even, like, shame to, like, Millie Bobby Brown at all. Like, she's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal actress, and we know she's going to do incredible things. But I think when Stranger Things started, not like this was the intention, but you got the feeling, like, this is going to be the thing that turns this young Millie Bobby Brown into, like, the next big, like, star. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. But I feel like now that it's progressed... It's Sadie Sink's world and we're just living in it. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's yeah. just like, and it's not to like pit them against each other. They're both phenomenal. Like, I just. No, for sure. But I think like, she's just like, I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're going to see her in a lot of stuff. She's really, really good. Really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think she's very expressive. I think she does a good job of, of towing that line between like, I'm. I'm tough because like I've been through shit and like I don't I don't yeah. take a lot of shit but she's also like still a young girl and unsure of herself yeah. and a little bit insecure like she's she's still the, like sensitive in the yeah, right ways like and, and I think it's obvious to the audience when she gets in with these guys like she becomes friends with them but they can't really like let her in because one they're like legally not allowed to tell anybody what happened in the first season <laughs> yeah because they signed all these like d- waivers waivers and, and non-disclosures and stuff like that but um but also like no one would believe them yeah right so they're like well we also don't really want to like scare her off Be like, but hey, it, so listen <laughs> but it ends up making her feel isolated and like not part of the group out. right yeah. so it that's an interesting dynamic where it's sort of like it's nobody's fault really yeah but it comes across from her perspective as them being like assholes because yeah. and she's you like because you're, you're just like yeah. yeah one time you were that kid trying to get in with like what you thought was the cool crowd yeah and, <laughs> and then they're like no we can't we have like, to t- we, have, we to- have to talk about secret and you can't know about and it and you're like well the secrets are me i'm the secret what are you saying about <laughs> yeah, me what, the, what are you talking <laughs> shit yeah um uh. yeah so i think she adds like a yeah her character adds an interesting dynamic with all of them and then you also get the addition of the domestic issues with billy with her stepbrother billy and yeah. with her stepfather obviously her mom seems 
like not to be a bad person like her mom seems more of a victim mm-hmm. um and not and something we go on to learn too later. yeah like, like not that her mom in the scenes that she's in her mom seems perfectly nice so then just maybe like maybe not more the best judge of character yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying that's the only thing i could put on her is just like maybe yeah find a different they don't scenario. show a ton they show more of billy obviously and then they show a bit of like billy's dad and like that sort of like aggressive abusive dynamic yeah yeah yeah, for sure and i think billy very much represents the like toxic masculinity of the 80s yes where like we saw a lot of like at least as far as like film studies that i've done where it's like the 80s was like the macho like roided roided up man like yeah like it was arnold schwarzenegger it was sylvester stallone it was rambo terminator like all of that stuff right and then we kind of like moved into because before that in like the like 50s and 60s it wasn't it wasn't really like that. Like, people no. weren't bodybuilding and, like, whatever. Like, the the leading man was, like, this sort of, like, tall, slender, sort of, like, regular dude. Yeah. And then we kind of moved a bit, not back to that, but we we had more of, like, diverse male leads in, yeah. like, the 90s and 2000s, I think. And then now we see a bit of, like, the different sort of, like, I don't know, someone like Jason Statham, right? Who's, like, muscular, but he's more, like, small and slimmed it's down. M- more believable, almost. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Bruce Willis was a big player in that too with Die Hard where like nobody believed he could be an action star because they're right. like what the hell he looks like, like he's a, a comedy yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like the, yeah originally people like pegged that as a comedy yeah yeah, yeah. people were like laughing at the trailer and stuff and they're like what the hell is What's this, this like, loser doing here? right so we've seen but at, in the 80s it was very much the peak of like yeah. if you are a man you look like this yes which obviously is very toxic and not very true at toxic. all and I think that um Billy embodies that fully yeah and, and it, they literally battle it out between, like, his toxic masculinity and, like, Steve being the, like, the not yeah. that stereotypical 80s masculine, right? Like, Steve's popular, but he's not no. super anything, big and ripped like, and, like, yeah. he's kind of he's just, like... A he's regular like dude, right? He's like, like yeah, he's like, I don't know how to explain like it. Like a bit goofy, right? Yeah, and, and, I said floofy, but, you know, yeah, goofy absolutely. works too. <laughs> and it's like they literally fight in the end. And yeah. again, Steve gets the shit kicked out of him one, once, once again. again. Man, Steve, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he needs to stop. He knows how ass. to take a punch, though. He does. But at the same time, like, it's not just, like, for some reason when he gets, like, his ass handed to him, like, it literally looks like his entire face is just cracking open. I like, know. Is he, is he, like, a delicate <laughs> egg? Like, it's it's not just, like, oh, a black eye. It's like, oh, no, my eyeball's bleeding now. Like, there's blood spraying out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I look like I just got run over by my a transport truck. My eyes gonna, like, like, fall out the cut yeah. on the side of my face. Hanging like, there. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he does. Yeah. Billy went to town on him. Jesus Christ, did he ever. Yeah. Um, you know how I said I didn't really have a lot of notes for this season for whatever reason? I think I just stopped taking notes, you know? <laughs> but I wanted to talk about one thing about Nancy's plot line, mm-hmm. especially in, like, the first episode. It is so beyond her actual, like, maturity level for, like, what someone her age should be dealing with. Like, she's the one carrying, like, the secret about Barb. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that. first of all, that's burden number one that, like, no teenager should have to, like, carry around. No. But she actually has to, like, maintain this relationship with Barb's parents. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So, like, when I, I did rewatch it and I saw in, like, episode, I think it was the very first episode, maybe, or episode two. I can't remember. One or two. But Nancy and Steve essentially go to Barb's parents' house for dinner to, yeah. like, be there for the parents and help them through it. And it's like, 
that's that's so mature like yeah that's that's such an expectation to put on a teenager to be like no like we just want to feel connected to, to our daughter can you come have dinner with us like it's that's so heavy for her like yeah I, yeah it's, I agree it's hard and I think that that is and yeah. that well it's obviously the storyline in season two that's sort of like driving a wedge between Nancy and Steve because and yeah. I think it's just to resemble how people cope with things differently. Yeah. Where Steve is sort of like, I just want to, like, move on and, like, be a teenager because, like, yeah. I'm not going to be a teenager forever. And I want to, like, Fair. just, uh, like, that's Live. how he's coping with it. And she is obviously very affected by it. And naturally so because Barb was her best friend. Like, Steve knew Barb through Nancy, but, like, he wasn't friends with yeah. her, right? So like it's... connected to her. Yeah. So, obviously, he's, yeah, he's not as connected. He still f- seems affected by it, but... But Nancy's the one that's really, really carrying that burden. And you're right. It's so, like, she's not. It's so beyond her years. She's so young that, yeah, it's not something she should have to be dealing with. And, of course, again, the situation that they were in with, like, not being able to tell anyone and signing these waivers and all that stuff is just, just goes to show how, like, insensitive situations like that can be to, like, the other people that are affected. It's like, so you're going to tell everybody that at least saw this happen, that they can't talk to anyone about it, including, like, the grieving parents of a child. And it's, like, Like, one other person. Like, if they had told Barb's parents, that's it. Like, there isn't anybody else that was involved or that was hurt in it. I don't think, that, if I'm remembering correctly, that would need to know about it. I think, like, everybody else was in on the secret except for Barb's parents. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, is just sad. Like, uh. It is. But what I put in here was, like, I don't know, Nancy handles it like a boss. Like, she really does. Because, like, although it's something well beyond her years that she should be dealing with, and, like, I don't know. But she just handles it with grace and maturity, which is just, like, you don't see that in, like, literally a teenager. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's well well done. And And I feel like this storyline with, mm, like, Barb's parents putting the house up for sale to pay Murray to, like, investigate for them. Yeah. I think it's kind of one of those, like I said in the first season, with Hopper being, like, a sort of a dirty cop, but, like, also a good cop. I think that's kind of how I felt about that part of it with Murray, where it's, like, we know that he is actually, like, kind of onto something. I mean, he thinks that Al is, like, a Russian spy, but which isn't right, but yeah. he's on. he knows he's that on something's something. going on. Yeah. And... And so he is technically right in wanting to help these parents. Yes. But he also symbolizes the people out there who are not in it to help people. Yeah. Right? Where it's like who are, yeah, pay me all your money, sell your house and everything to pay me, and I'll find the answers for you. And then they don't. They don't. And also, like, too, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell what Murray's, like, motives are early on. But, like, you do get the vibe that he's just in it because he wants, like... I'm Murray, the investigator, and yeah. I've solved this, you know? So it does kind of get that, like, absolutely vibe of, like, yeah, he's going to, he is going to take your money, and he's going to be the one yeah. that wins. Oh, for sure. They definitely <laughs> present him yeah. in that way. And yeah. he's, like, kind of a bit of a conspiracy theorist, crazy. Yeah. But again, it's kind of like Joyce in the first season, where from the outside, like, you look a bit crazy. But yeah. then as the audience, we know that you're right, right? We, yeah, we so know So, like, you're Murray's coming in, and he's like, and the government, and Russian spies, oh, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, you're such a lunatic. But we know... Again, he's, like he's, he's kind of along <laughs> like, the right well, lines. He's definitely a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's not wrong. No, like, no, he's no, just for a sure. zany character, and we definitely needed him. 
Oh like, my gosh, yeah, he's such a great addition. He to the really cast. is. Like, whether you love or hate him, you know he needs to be in the show. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those characters where, like, you can have your own, like, attachment with him, but he needs to be there. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> there was a part where Luke and I were watching when Nancy and Jonathan end up going to Murray's yes. place, which is, like, such a great storyline. Yeah, so um, and when he, like, says to them, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, you can share the bedroom. And they're like, what? No. What? And no. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, deny it all you want. And then they end up, obviously, like, hooking up. And then the next day at breakfast, when he's just like, what does he say? Oh, he said, "How?" oh, to Jonathan, because he was going to sleep on the futon. He's like, how is the pullout? And then he Jonathan, like, chokes on his, yeah. his drink or whatever. And, like, Murray, there's, like, a part where he picks up, like, I think it's a piece of egg or whatever he's eating on his fork. And he, like, has it, like, holding it in front of his mouth. And then he pulls it up. And then the egg, like, flings off of his fork. And he's like, oops. And, like, <laughs> it's one of those things oops. where me and Luke watch it. We're like, I don't think that was scripted. Like, no. I think he lifted up his fork and to his mouth. Flying. And then it went flying. Yes. And he just, like, went with it. It was like, oops. And, and just, it was oh, so perfect. Like, Murray's the best. <laughs> It's it, you know what it's funny because like that the whole like oh sleep sleep together don't whatever like he like calls him out for having sexual tension like that's not the last time he does that like he continues to do that throughout the show. I was thinking show. about like, that with yeah with Joyce and Hopper and it's just yeah. like it's funny because like I don't know I feel like Murray also like encapsulates like the audience where like you're obviously watching them being like all right just kiss already you fucking idiots yeah yeah yeah, for sure so like murray does the thing that like you're doing to the screen Mm -hmm. where he's just like oh would you guys just sleep together already like you know what i mean where it's just like he calls out that tension you're just like oh thank god somebody said it (laughs) yeah you're like all right all right it kind of just like throws it in your face where you're like okay okay it's out in the air now the characters are (laughs) again it's like you can continue to deny it if you want but it's been said it's been spoken now said yeah <laughs> yeah oh man yeah. so i think as far as like that his whole like al is a russian spy thing mm-hmm. um obviously again we know that and even when nancy and jonathan go there and they look at his like board of like all his stuff and she's oh. like your timeline's wrong and like she's not a russian spy she's from hawkins lab or whatever but it's interesting to me that then will's role in this season he ends up becoming like a spy a spy yeah um and mike actually says that he's like you're you're gonna be like a spy like so yeah. if he can see through your eyes then like you can, you can see, see through, his, through his yeah um um so yeah i think that's interesting as far as just the whole in in this cold war era scenario People are thinking that it's like someone coming from another country that's that's going to yeah. embed themselves in into our society, and then they're acting as a spy. Whereas, spy, like, it's actually yeah. Will Byers who is from Hawkins. <laughs> it's just Will Byers. He's and, adorable. And the spy is really he's the spy for <laughs> for them, but also the spy that's coming out from yeah. is coming from like another dimension. It's yeah, not coming from another country. It's <laughs> he's not, here to kill us. <laughs> they're not Russian. It's yeah. like they're they're monsters. Yes. <laughs> yes yeah oh man i feel like they really start to um like lean into the 80s a bit in this a bit more in this one i know they continue to do that yeah but i feel like the like first of all the ghostbusters is so good the ghostbusters costumes are so good that episode is amazing 
Like, yeah, just... <laughs> it's so cute. I it's remember watching so it with my dad and when they show up at school and realize that nobody's in costumes and then they're in the hallway and someone's like, who are you going to call? And the one kid's like, the nurse. <laughs> the nurse. <laughs> my dad and I were dying. Oh my God. I've like kind of not to that degree of embarrassment or anything. I've like been in that situation before though. I think I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, because there was one year and like I mentioned in the last episode, I love Halloween and like I yes. love dressing up. <laughs> any opportunity to dress up, any opportunity for multiple costumes. Okay, she's in costume right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the blanket monster. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember how... It, it, this must have been like four or five, six years ago maybe. Um where it was Halloween weekend and I can't I can't remember what day Halloween would have f- like fallen on but mm-hmm. it wasn't I believe I was going out on a Friday and it wasn't Halloween like I can't remember if it was maybe either the day before Halloween or okay. if it was the day after Halloween it might have been November 1st I okay. can't remember right but I feel like I remember talking to a friend and being like yeah but we're gonna dress up because it's like the Friday of it's the Friday closest to Halloween or yeah. whatever right and we luckily it, it's not like I was in like a I don't even know, like, like a full dress thing. up, like onesie suit yeah. or something. We decided to just, it was so last minute. We decided to just go as like, sort of like 70s, like Austin Powers type okay. girls almost. Okay. So we went to fabric lane. We got this like silver fabric. We made clothes out of it. So like I made a top and she made like a vest and then we just wore like, she wore bell bottom pants and like whatever. And yeah. we had like cool glasses and like, that's basically what it was. So it wasn't like- When you say cool glasses. They were like, you... they were like cir- like the circle ones that like have like pink lenses. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cool glasses. Only and, the cool kids have them. And we showed up at- Joe Cools. Of all the places. Of course, of yeah. Course, which yeah. is a bar here. Um, and I believe, I want to say my other friend was with us. I think she was dressed as Sandy from Greece. So that one you could pull So again, off that's well. still like, she had this, like the scarf she and then the black the leather pants yeah. and the black top. Yeah. And we showed up at Joe Cools and nobody was dressed up. Like yeah. literally not a single person. That's rough. Um, and I think it's also too, because it's one of those things where it's like, maybe if you'd gone to like a younger bar, oh. m- more people would have yeah. been, but we were like, you know, like 21, 22. And then like everyone at Joe Cool's, Joe Cool's in London is kind of known as like, not, it's, some people think of it as like an old person bar. It's not, it's, it's not. just more like a mature crowd. It's like late twenties, yeah, early thirties. And I find too, it like varies each night. Yes. Oh, for sure. Also, keep in mind, I haven't been there in like 10 years. I so like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been there in a long I'm time. I'm not going out. <laughs> but, but yeah, I remember when I was going in my early 20s, it was yeah. because it was like, like, I liked it because it was like not fucking 18 year old boys with fake IDs, yeah. you know? Like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like guys who were like 25 plus yeah. and like, and had regular I, I don't want to say mature because they weren't fucking mature, no, but like never, they never. at least <laughs> pretended to be for like five minutes. For just a few seconds. <laughs> so yeah, I remember we were, we just showed up and we were like, nobody's dressed up and we were like, okay, whatever. Okay. We'll Enjoy just, we'll just go. Yeah. And I remember like a couple of people made comments. They were like, oh, I like your costume. We were like, yeah. And we were like, like, haha, shut up. Don't patronize me. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were just like, yeah, I remember having pictures from that night and be like, oh yeah, that was the night that nobody dressed up. That's so funny. <laughs> the only thing close to that I have is on off uniform day. You know exactly what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, that's happened to that me multiple times. That happened to me yeah. literally for the first four times of high school. <laughs> yeah. So like for, for those that don't know, Haley and I went to a high school where there was uniforms. Mm-hmm. And once a month, we always got like a casual Friday or whatever, like an off uniform day. Yeah. 
literally like I the think first... it was like the last Tuesday of every month or something some, like that. that some was like, weird oh. day, some weird fucking yeah, day. Yeah, it was like it was like random. It was yes. like in the middle of the week, and it was like not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was like no announcements made never, about it. Never. It was That's just the like problem. in. It was like you make the whatever note in your agenda, yeah, and you either like, know about it or you don't, yeah. and you're the fucking loser that mm-hmm. doesn't today. Like, <laughs> so yeah, the first like I think it was the first three or four off uniform days. I showed up in uniform, and I like. I was not having it. I was like, I'm fucking walking home. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm getting the hell out of here. I know. I think I did the same thing. I was like, I'll risk it. I'll skip first period I'll to go home it. and, like, it changed because yeah. you don't. And there was always, yeah. like, there was always a handful of people. Yeah. Always. That always. just went through and they were like, oh, whatever. I'll just wear my uniform. Because, like, <laughs> you don't, you, you didn't stand out as much as far as, like, okay, so you're in a blue golf shirt and khaki pants and everyone else is in, like, different clothes. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like, whatever. Like, you would still notice it because we knew what our uniform looked like but it's not like everyone's in uniform and you're in a red dress like you didn't stand (laughs) out that much but i still didn't want to do it like i know people did where they're like oh i showed up and i forgot whatever but like i would i was like mortified i was like oh my god no i well with it being like the very first one in grade nine i think that's what fucked me up because oh yeah it's the first one it's your time to go and impress everybody it's like these are my clothes these are these are who this is my personality and then i'm like oh i just wear uniform <laughs> so fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Like, so I feel like what? Yeah. Watching that episode like like brings back emotions of that too. Yeah. Where it's just like when you're a kid and you're like, this is the worst thing yeah. ever, ever yeah. in my life. Especially that young. I mean, we were in oh, high yeah. school and like at high least school's still rough. Off, like, but like, yeah, you, you're trying, but it's like they're like no. what, twelve. I mean, as we already saw in like season one, like bullies are relentless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for fuck sure. bullies. Honestly, I'm done with that shit. And they kind of, like, <laughs> they do a callback to that a little bit when they're inviting Max to, like, come trick-or-treating with them. And they're like, there's bullies everywhere. Yeah. You gotta look out. There's bullies they're fucking everywhere. everywhere. And, and like, you know what? They talk Stick about with it us. Is, it's and like it- a plague. Like, they talk about it, like, if you step on a branch wrong, you're gonna, you're gonna scare a bully out of the bushes. And they, and, and they also talk about it like they can protect her. Like, they're like, Stick with us. Stick with us. We know and how to deal like, with them. And it's like, no, you guys don't. You get your asses handed to you every year. Like, no, you in don't. In reality, it's like, Stick with us and we'll make sure you meet them. <laughs> we'll make sure you also get bullied. Yeah. You fucking loser. You're with us now. Like, it's um, so funny. I I also love that Max shows up to trick-or-treating dressed as Michael Myers. Yeah. And how she <laughs> scares the living shit out of them. And I'm pretty sure it's Lucas that does the very high pitch, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's so good because it's like genuine fear came over him. Like, I, I laugh every time. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I know it always gets me when someone does like a genuine, like, Blood curdling scream. Blood curdling yeah. scream. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the it. other one that comes to mind. Is did you ever see the movie Accepted with? Justin I was Long? just gonna say that Jonah Hill. I, the first time I saw that, I had to pause and I was with, like, I can't keep watching because like I need it. I need this to stop for a second. I love that movie. <laughs> but he's like, so much. and he so screams good. for so long too. It's like Twenty seconds. Like it's a long time. Yeah. Like I wonder how many times they had to like shoot. His that. throat probably went. Like it was probably gone. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the exact example I was thinking. Good, good. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. All right, what next? What next? So... Oh, I only want to talk about how Dragon's Lair... Did you ever play that game? Because I had the TV version. No, I heard it. I, I've heard of it, but no, I didn't play it. Okay. Well, like... That's the one they're playing in the beginning, right? With, yeah, like, the, it's like... It's an arcade game, but there was, like... 
a period of time where it came out and you could play it on your TV. This would had to have been like years after, obviously, the arcade game came out. Mm -hmm. But like you used literally your TV remote as like the controller. And it was just like my favorite game growing up. I was just like, fuck yeah. Oh, Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I think my dad still has. Either my dad has it or I have it. I can't remember. I'll find it. We're going to play it. Oh, that sounds fun. It's, it's good. I think the closest thing I got it's to, good. like, an arcade go- game at home was um one year for Christmas. My dad got... <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> my dad got my mom um Miss Pac-Man. Okay. And it's, like, you could plug it into your TV, and then you had, like, the little, like, oh, uh, the stick little square with the knob, th- yeah, yeah, and yeah, then the you'd, joystick. like, move it. The joystick. Yeah. yeah. And, um... Yeah, and you could just play Pac-Man on your TV. I love that. Yeah, and we played I it, like, it's a great all Christmas gift. Day. Yeah, it was I great. Love that. It was just funny to me that, like, I think he gave oh. it to my mom as far as, like, it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah. But it, but thinking about <laughs> it, it's like, no, my mom's not going to sit in front of the TV for hours and play no. Pac-Man. Like, no. he probably also gave her, like, earrings or something. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, like, he did. It wasn't, like, the only thing. <laughs> I'm like, I know he obviously got her something else. Yeah, but... Uh, she was probably like, okay, but where's the real one? Where's the real gift? <laughs> this is nice, but where's the real so one? So why did I win Pac-Man? What do I get? <laughs> so what comes with it? <laughs> but yeah, no, I remember like that that being cool yeah. as far as like my parents talking about Pac-Man and like Pong, right? Yeah. And like all the first video games, right? Yeah. Because I think that's the thing is that the 80s really like a lot of the arcade games and stuff exploded. And that is the birth of like modern video games, yeah. like like personal consoles at home Yeah, were born out of that because yeah. you had to go in and play them in an arcade. And then, like you said, then you got Dragon Slayer at home. Yeah. And that's and where you it started. never had to leave your house. <laughs> yeah. And that's where that really yeah. took off. But they, they play on that. Again, 80s nostalgia is like really, really strong in in all of the seasons. Yeah. I feel like it just keeps getting like stronger and stronger. And I feel like this, Season, they really lean a bit into, like, the technology of it all, too. Yeah, like with the emergence of technology. With, like, Bob owning or working at a radio shack. I can't remember if yeah. he owns the shop or if he works at it, but, like, yeah. I think he owns it because he always talks about Joyce coming to work for him. Yeah. Um, and I think he, I think you're right. And and Radio Shack is even, like, kind of nostalgic for me because, like, we had Radio Shacks in the 90s. There, like, there still is a few. Are there really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think there's still one in London or two in London. But yeah, there's there's still some Radio Shacks. Like, nice. They're still kicking it. All right. I mean, last I checked, <laughs> so, something could have let's happened. Let's go to a Radio Shack. Let's fucking go. <laughs> but yeah, I think with the the camcorder yeah. that he has and like j- even just when Joyce is like calling him and she's like, I want to watch the tape, but it's like, it's too small for the VCR. And he's like, oh, it's because you got to <laughs> like, like with oh. this or whatever. And she's like, English. <laughs> English. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, and I think they really... Because like we said in the beginning, they have like walkie-talkies. Yeah. But then they sort of continue to build on this theme of like technology. Is getting better and better. Yeah, Yeah. and allowing them to use technology in certain ways to help them in certain scenarios. Like obviously in that particular scene, Joyce is watching the tape because she thinks that Will is being bullied. But then she sees the mind flare and like she sees what Will has been drawing and kind of talking about and that makes it real. Without that... It would have been probably a much more delayed reaction as far as like getting on board with what Will, Will is going, going through. through. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because they had even brought him to um what the doctor Doctor Owens guy. Yeah, and he was just saying that it's like simply just PTSD. Yeah, and they really play they really play into that 
yeah theme as well the, which the ptsd in the 80s yeah was, because it is yeah very that's kind of like when it started like and he even says that in the show he's like we don't know a lot about it we're still learning we're exactly. still learning so much yeah. right and the, yeah they do really ham it up and it's like it, it's it's another one of those things i know we talked about this in the previous episode it is another one of those things where it really does explain logically what's going on to people that don't know the secrets. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like just saying that Will has PTSD is a very nice way of putting it versus like what he's actually going through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it makes it a little bit more digestible for like friends at school that don't realize he's actually being like invaded by a monster basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, especially again, you get that perspective from someone like Max who's like, what's going on? And And they're like, like, oh, "Oh, like he has PTSD. And then even when Lucas tries to explain, she's like, I don't get it. He just got lost in the woods for a week. And he's like, well... It's no, a little like, more complicated than that. We like, had a funeral for him and, like, everything because we found there was a body in the yeah. quarry and we thought it was Will. And, yeah. so it's like, and that's also that is when they finally do explain it to, like, the town. That's the explanation. Because yes. you're like, well, what the fuck do people think happened to Will? Yeah. And he's like, well. And who's this other dead body? <laughs> and it's sort of like, yeah. oh, he got, he got lost in the woods is something that I think it's so interesting as far as, like, we think of... I hear that, and I'm like, that sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like, like, he just got lost in the woods for a week, and people believe that. But I think it's pointing to the fact that, like, people will kind of believe anything if they don't want to be a Murray in this situation and be like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Because yes. he is that contrast where yeah. he's like, I don't believe that. Yeah. That sounds stupid. Yeah. Uh, something else is going on. But yes. then there's the rest of the population, kind of like the... Mr. Wheelers, who are like, it's yeah. my government. Of course I'm going to trust them, right? Of course he's been lost in the forest. And for it's him. like, oh, you got lost in the woods. Well, how does that happen? Well, whatever. He's a kid. I believe it. Like, yeah. y- you know? So I think it's kind of speaking to that almost like blindness that's yeah. some that society will willingly put on exactly. to just not want to hear the hard truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Where like just willful ignorance. Yeah. Because, it, because yeah, when you hear it, like, Max is like, so what? He got lost in the woods. Like. Which, you know what? I, I'm even someone where I'm like, that sounds fucking horrifying. Like, it sounds terrifying so what, to me. He just, like, did for a week. Food. He was like, just walking yeah. around scared. Like, trying not to get eaten by <laughs> animals and stuff. Right? Like, it sounds awful. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I yeah. think she definitely plays that role as far as, like, to how they have to try and explain it to people that don't know yeah where it's like like exactly like you said he has ptsd but he's having major episodes like horrifying episodes and yeah. it's supposed to mirror people having episodes that have ptsd from yeah. war right because that is like how it happens with someone is like you do disassociate from reality mm-hmm. in the moment and you place yourself back to the time that you experience the trauma and yeah. that's where your brain goes and that's exactly what will is doing like it's well and even dr owens talks about like the anniversary effect and how it's yes. like it's been a year so like you're gonna see it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better yeah. and i don't know enough about ptsd like i i haven't really studied enough of it to know if what he's saying is it's accurate is accurate where he's like just don't treat him any differently yep. like try to support him but like yep. and Joyce is basically like, so I'm just supposed to do nothing I'm just pretty supposed much to pretend that it's not happening yeah and I don't know if that's true or it's, if that's supposed yeah. to represent like early stages of PTSD research and maybe that's changed now like I don't yeah. know enough about I think, it I think with him being a kid it's like a special case obviously like mm-hmm. From my knowledge, and again, I'm not, like, an expert with it at all, but I think what he is saying is relatively accurate in the sense of, like, you're not supposed to, 
you're, you can't tell them what they're experiencing. Like, that's not real. Like, snap out of it. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed okay. to just, like, be there. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they do kind of come back to reality, you can, like, talk them through it and just be like, ooh, like, like what was it like? Like, do you want to talk about it? Like, just be available. Like, yeah. Because it, it's just kind of like telling someone how to feel about a scenario. And you're just like, well, I literally just closed my eyes and then opened them again. And I'm in the living room where two seconds ago I was, like, in the middle of a battlefield. Yeah. Mentally. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, telling someone that that didn't just happen when they, like, fully experienced it. It's, like, a very it. visceral experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So I think, like, the way mm-hmm. he does explain it is actually pretty condemnable for giving advice. And it sounds like the way that they're portraying it happening with Will is very accurate to how people experience that. Yeah. As far as with Will, we find out it is real. Like he is getting like flashed back into the upside down kind of thing. And like, it's not, it's not just a memory. that triggers it and then he turns and he's like, yeah, he's like in it. Um, and, and we know that, but for someone who's experiencing PTSD, I think they're doing a good job of, of illustrating how real that can feel. Yeah. Like you said, when you're Where having someone's an like episode, literally shaking yeah. you, being like, "Where are you?" kind of thing, and yeah, and, and you're it like, sounds What's happening? <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, like, um, and of course, there are a million reasons why someone can have PTSD other than going to war. But I think oh, they're yeah. kind of like paralleling that. it with exactly. that, right? Because we had so many, so many veterans coming back from like World War II and then Vietnam and everything, and exactly. this is when a lot of this, the, like even like Rambo, like for example, an action movie from the '80s was about that, yeah, and PTSD and all this stuff. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised they pulled that into it. Yeah. Which yeah. is just, again, another thing that they, there's so many themes. There's that a they lot have of things that they get this. like historically correct. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, where if they left it out, someone might be like, well, this happened in the 80s and you left it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I feel like they did a pretty good job. I feel like, I feel like they don't miss anything no, like, I, at all. Not that I know of. Like. Um, I feel like they use their characters and storylines really well to work all of these things in. Because, yeah. again, when I have it all listed here, where I'm like, MK Ultra, um, PTSD, like gender dynamics, like yeah. toxic masculinity, like everything. Like, yeah. there's, and then again, on top of all of the nerd references that they're working in there, yeah. like Lord of the Rings and X Men and Dungeons and Dragons, like, it's so layered. Yeah. And then they also work in a lot of the, like, I don't know. A lot of the very accurate for the times, like hate between like races and like sexuality, and it's just like they they work that in in a way where it isn't like this is what we're gonna talk about now. We're talking about race all of a sudden. It's just kind of like it's in there where it's yeah. like something to not be ignored. Like Lucas even says when he's when they were asking which like oh you were supposed to be this Ghostbuster, and he's yeah. like why why was I supposed to be that one? Yeah, and you're just like yeah he's not fucking wrong. Yeah. Like, why did he need to be that one? He didn't have to or like, even with you're right yeah. you're right about it being very subtle with billy because i remember watching it with luke and luke was again like playing his game and stuff and just yeah. sort of like in and out and he was like why does billy hate lucas is it is, is it, it just is because it he's black and i'm yeah. like they never say that but, but that's how you feel but that's i think that's what's heavily implied yeah. is that he looks at lucas from afar so doesn't know anything about him never spoken to him and he's just like max you want to stay away from that guy he's I'm bad conditioned news. to believe that yeah. like a black guy is a bad guy and it's like yeah. that's not true though no. like of course and i think <laughs> that's, that's the case. why i think that's why 
they don't, you're right, I don't think they explicitly say it, but they're trying to highlight how you don't necessarily have to be explicit about it to be a racist. Yeah. You don't have to say it yeah. out loud. Your actions can they're, speak a lot louder it's than... embedded, like you said, yes. generations and generations of people that are just taught that and, like, don't exactly. even realize that they're racist. Exactly. Because he, if Max were to ask him flat out, which doesn't happen in the show, he'd no. probably be like, no, it's not because he's black, it's because I think he's a bad kid. Yeah. Right? And it's like, but why? It, exactly. He's given you nothing to, to think that about. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I yeah, yeah. So you're right, especially the the race and the gender, um, and the, yeah. sorry, the sexuality stuff. They they definitely take a bit of a of a more subverted approach, mm-hmm. which again, I think, I think makes sense for the show. Yeah, because like you said, it's not about race. It's not no. about sexuality. It's about those are factors because our characters are experiencing yeah. things like that. But in the end, it's more about the plot and exactly. so you don't want to some because some shows do make that mistake they get too sidetracked with other things not that those things aren't important yeah but they kind of forget what the, the show plot. is yeah. supposed to be about right yeah. and i think with it being so subtle is something where i don't know it made me appreciate it because it's like someone sitting there who might not understand how racism works would watch this and then be like oh it really is just that subtle eh like i i mm-hmm. never caught on that like a racist person can be racist without, like you said, just coming right out and being like, I don't like yeah. these people. Like, it's just, it, it it does a really good job of showing you, like, how easy it is to behave a way that's just puts a bad taste in your mouth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and get away with it kind of thing. Like, absolutely. So, I, I, yeah, I like how they handle it delicately. It's, it's good. And it's as good. far as um, if we're going into, like, gender dynamics i know that we get a lot more into that in season three Mm -hmm. but um i love that that nancy i can't remember is it the first i think it's the first season when nancy and jonathan are um shooting the gun they're practicing shooting Mm -hmm. the gun and he's really bad and then she takes one shot and she like hits the can like spot on yeah and they continue that that theme throughout like yeah. that thing that nancy's a really good shot because at the end of season two when yeah. hopper has the gun and he's about to hand it to jonathan he's like do you know how to use this and, and jonathan's just... like what and he's like can you use a gun and yeah. nancy's like i can <laughs> and he's <laughs> like get the fuck out of my way idiot <laughs> and it continues throughout like yeah. every season they're like nancy's a really good shot yeah. and i love that yeah because it again it just pushes against the whole jo- jonathan is definitely pushing against the whole toxic masculinity yeah. thing we talked about that with steve too where like they were kind of butting heads in the first season and then the yeah. second season it's more steve against and billy they're both kind of but, goofy like yeah but yeah. jonathan's definitely more that sensitive like artistic like artistic yeah. sort of like guy yeah which in the 80s was stereotypically seen as not masculine yeah but they're kind of using that against Nancy as well, where it's like the male versus female, where it's sort of like, well, and, you're yeah. supposed to shoot guns and all this stuff or whatever. And again, it and doesn't make she, Jonathan exactly. any less of a man that no. he can't shoot a gun. And no one even expects it to because Nancy appears to be so stereotypical that like pretty girl. Yeah. Everyone like, says it. Like, you don't throughout. expect this delicate. They're like, oh, she's, so, she's such a great <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah. And, and then, because I, I was watching, this is season three, but I think, yeah, someone says that, like, to Steve Harrington, and he's like, actually, she's, she turned out to not be that much of a priss. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, she's like, such a priss. He's like, actually, actually really not, though. <laughs> like, she's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's kind of cool as fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's basically hardcore. Don't mess with her. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I think we should maybe jump back and talk about Bob. 
Okay. Even though I was like, I don't want to talk about Bob. I know. Like, we have to talk, I know about, we have Bob, to talk about Bob, <laughs> I know. I know, again, like, the technology side of it is the he owns a radio shack and like he's the at, at the at the end when when mike is like that was me there was i thought it was that? me no yeah. that was me <laughs> i felt it i thought i felt it okay. um when at the end when mike is like did you know that bob was like the founder of the hawkins av club like just i can't <laughs> i know um yeah oh i love him so much yeah he did not deserve the end that he got no no justice for bob like it's it's so it's hard because he's re-watching it i think the first time i watched it through i was like yeah i get I, you know i get why like jonathan and will are sort of like who who is this like bumbling guy that's like dating our mom yeah. we don't know if we like him or not and like they don't hate yeah. him but it's just more they're like well i don't know if i can relate to him or connect well, with will him ends and up like connecting like heavily with and, him and he does and jonathan's more kind of like she can do better yeah well even when they're joking yeah. about, <laughs> when they're joking about um when jonathan's talking to will and he's like well he's like yeah you are a freak he's like but do you want to be normal like being normal is boring like yeah. he's like who would you rather be friends with like bowie or kenny rogers and then will laughs and he's like see no contest and he's like who would, what, what? and then will's like well some people might want to be friends with kenny rogers and then bob walks and he's like kenny rogers i love kenny rogers and it's, like, I know, it's, so, good. it's so funny and i think it's obviously <laughs> supposed rogers. to be that that um dynamic between like jonathan's definitely very much like that hipster breaking the more mold. cool yeah. like whatever and then against that bob is like this like vanilla hokey nerd kind <laughs> yeah. of you know like yeah. this like i love kenny rogers yeah, i love boring <laughs> but you're right will ends up really connecting with him over this shared you know, trauma shared trauma and again like you, they even have similar interests like yeah. av club and technology and all this stuff yeah. right all these like nerdy things and bob like gives a fuck about him yeah like when you watch him like it's just like god damn it he got watching it i was like oh my god every time yeah. he said anything i turned to look and i was like he's the nicest the guy nicest. he's just the nicest guy and again yeah. he represents that when they talk about high school for him and Joyce and Hopper and everything and um Bob and Hopper calls him Bob the brain right and and he says to Joyce like when he's like I can't he's like but look at me now I'm dating Joyce Byers like I'm the luckiest guy and it's just like Stop. <laughs> oh and it's, it's rough because it's just like he did end up with it all yeah I mean, it just and it goes to you know what it goes to show you that nerds come out on top do not fucking bully nerds that's what he's that's what <laughs> this i and i think that's what the whole the, like the whole show is really supposed to be saying mm -hmm. right is that like nerds survive <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like that the whole it's show true. is about how yeah. how their if nerdiness you're, bully, you're gonna die or you're gonna get your ass yeah like too. their nerdiness gets them out of these situations yeah. but with Bob, yeah, I think <laughs> that's Bob. I think that's what it is, though, is that he was he was a nerd in high school, and now he's dating like the popular girl, right? Yeah, and it's and she, obviously Joyce is like lovely, and she's not like treating him poorly or anything, but he in yeah, he's sort of like once you get out of school and stuff, you're just you get to just be your own person, you know. Yeah. We don't need to like There's deal no with all these stupid status quo anymore. Yeah, it's like hierarchies life. and stuff like that. Yeah. And and that's what that's supposed to represent. And of course then it's really sad because he dies in the end. And he saves them. He saves yeah, all like of he's them. He's a sacrifice. Yeah. Like, whole picture. Yeah. Uh like oh I love him so much. I know. But I think but Sean Aston himself is so 
Oh my gosh, did you hear that I again? I fucking heard that. <sighs> I need to know if the mic picked that up. I'm probably have did. to know. It's like my, it's like, <laughs> I said Sean Aston and my stomach was like, Wah! I have something like, to say. It's like <laughs> cheering for him. Um, <laughs> that was such an interesting one too. <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, He, I think having him in the show is so meta in itself because they're obsessed with the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And he is Samwise Gamgee. And And it's just so funny because I remember watching an interview with the Duffer Brothers where I don't know how it transpired. Like, I don't know if they asked him or if like he came and auditioned for something or if I don't know how it happened. They just said something about when we knew we got Sean. We were like, we can't believe this. We cannot believe it. Yeah. yeah. And I was Which, like, like that, yeah. That would be pretty fucking cool. Because he doesn't do a lot of stuff. Like, after the no. Lord of the Rings, I didn't really see him oh, in a lot of stuff. 50 First Dates. That's how I, yeah. like, he's <laughs> yeah. just, like, implanted in my brain from that. And, I mean, this was before Lord of the Rings, yes. but I remember him from Rudy. Yeah, which is like obviously yeah, we yeah. had to what we watched that like seventeen times. Yeah, in school. I don't know why they hammed it up so much. Like I know it's a good movie, <laughs> it's a good but like movie, it's but just like, we watched it so many times. I feel like um, we watched it once a week. Like, <laughs> I said, I think I can remember talking to Luke about it, and I was like, "You haven't seen Rudy," but I always forget that <laughs> he did, didn't. They didn't he brainwash. He you didn't in go school to school. With it. He didn't go to school in Canada, so yeah. like they didn't. They watched different things, but I'm, I'm like, like, "Oh, if you went to school here, man, you would have watched Rudy probably seventeen times." Yeah, but plural. Yeah. Now I want to know. Okay. No matter where you went to school, let us know. Did you watch Rudy? Yeah, and let how us many know. times? We like, want to know, <laughs> like, because I feel like it's one of those movies where, like, I don't remember what the like intention was with it. Like, what were they trying to teach us with it? It was supposed to be about like perseverance and like okay. never giving up on your dreams and like because oh, he wants to every day. He wants to play for for Notre Dame, like the right. football team, okay. right? I, and I he's forget not... what the like goal was. Like, what were they trying to? It's, like, honestly, the midway through, it's a really depressing movie yeah. for, like, the first, like, even, like, three quarters of it, I want to say. <laughs> I remember and, being, like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and I think that's why it builds so high at the end, because you're, like, oh, yes! but you did it! <laughs> but it's, like, so, I I do remember, the like, the beginning and middle of it being, like, just dragging on in the sense yeah. of you're, like, oh, my God, man, this guy's life like, sucks. Sucks. Oh, <laughs> Like what? Um, yeah. what a shitty life. And yeah, after Lord of the Rings, I didn't, I didn't see him do a ton of stuff. I think he probably just doesn't have to. I mean, like he probably is just set for life, right? Yeah. So he's probably just like, ah, I do, I uh, act yeah. here and there when I want to. So I think for Stranger Things, for them, they were like, oh my god, it's such an honor yeah. that he wanted to be in this show. Yeah. And again, it's a show that really, um, that really praises the Lord of the Rings and and yeah. Star Wars and all like, like all X-Men that kind of like folklore that, like yeah. yeah fantasy stuff right yeah. it is a it is a sci-fi fantasy show yeah so it totally makes sense that yeah. he'd want to be a part of it but again anyone could say no so I think when they got him they were like yes <laughs> so true and so I think true. and I just think Sean himself as far or the character of Samwise Gamgee is always like Sam is the best friend to Frodo. Yeah. Like, not that he is Frodo's best friend. He's, like, literally the best friend anyone could have. Yeah. So I think for this group of boys where, like, that's what, just re- like a that's what ties good. them together is, yeah. like, their friendship and that they're good friends to each other yeah. and they'll do anything for each other. Yeah. That is, again, very reminiscent of The Lord of the Rings. So yeah. it's just, like, yeah, layers on layers on layers. So many layers. Uh, yeah. So many but layers. But he's amazing. And and Bob Newby, superhero. It's the best guy. Oh, when that's on the fridge. I can't remember if that's the beginning of the third season or at the end of the second season, but when Will draws a picture yeah. of him as, like, a superhero. Yeah, I'm trying to remember now. It always makes me cry. Yeah, fucking shitty, man. 
Shitty, I tell you. Yeah. Okay, I want to. I'm curious on your thoughts. Like, what did you think of the whole L and um, Callie story? Eight. Oh yes, I did want to talk about this. Um, I don't have notes about it, but we can talk about. I it. I always forget about it because it's so separate. So separate from the storyline. Yeah. And I have had. I've heard people say. That they feel like it's so out of place and it doesn't connect back with the rest of the show. Okay. That they, like, that that episode in particular. Because most of that episode is about Elle yeah. and Callie and, like, that whole group. And, exactly. like, you, you almost don't flash back to anybody else, I don't think, at all for that episode. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are just like, oh, yeah, season two had that, like, rogue episode. Yeah. Um, and I think I understand that. I don't necessarily 100% agree. I wish they had worked it in a bit more as far as, like, working it through a few episodes as opposed to, like, just having it be all one episode. Yeah. Because I think that made it stand out a lot more to people as sort of like, okay, what is the, you know, what is this? And but th- that's what I wonder was, like, was that something they were, like, testing the waters with for, like, and this is just throwing it out there, like, a possible, like, spinoff or something. Like, that's how I felt. It very well could have been. Where I was like, I feel like this is, like, a water testing to see the the reaction they'll get from, like, the audience as a yep. whole. Like, what if we did this? And I would say that maybe it wasn't, like, super well received in that regard. And maybe they didn't, I, it didn't I think pan so. out. At least that's, spin- that's a good theory. Yeah. It yeah. is a good theory. Um but I think, I don't necessarily think that it's fully out of place in the way that, like, it does connect to Elle's storyline, right? Yeah. Like, it is important it, to her storyline. Yeah. Not the even, like, going and going along with the group or whatever, but her going and finding her mom, finding out what happened to her mom. That felt very on the nose. It needed to happen. It, that needed to happen. And, um, and then finding Kali, like, she was another person who escaped. And I feel like I even remember someone saying, like, it doesn't it doesn't connect to the way that they portray the, Hawkins' lab later, which I don't necessarily think is true. Like, Holly says that she just used her powers and escaped in that season. Right. Which I don't... I just don't think they acknowledge it later. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that it doesn't fit with the storyline because Elle is just in when they show more of Hawkins lab she's in Hawkins lab with all of these people I think the only way it wouldn't yeah. connect is if they had another person in there that was like the number eight because that's what Kali was right yeah, yeah. but I, I don't remember I don't remember yeah. if they did or not because otherwise it could just be like she was number eight but she's not there because she escaped and that kind of ties in properly yeah. but I just they just never acknowledged it so I didn't think of it as not but someone had mentioned that to me at one point they're like it doesn't tie in properly with the rest of the show i yeah i felt like it didn't really tie in that well either but that i thought was just me like having a feeling okay where i just like i felt like it just didn't fit because like they don't really go and explain further how she escaped like nothing like that it was just kind of like said well collie explains how she escaped in season two but it just doesn't feel i don't know what it was there was just like something about it where i was just like interesting like it just it didn't sit right yeah, fair I enough. I don't know. I, I guess I just, yeah, it didn't, until yeah. people started pointing it out to me, I was just like, no, like, it's just, it's another L. Like, yeah. they're showing you what could have happened yeah. if L went a different way, because exactly. L ex- escaped the exact same way. She used her powers and escaped. Yeah. And that's what Kali said. She's like, I used my powers I one day when I had an opportunity, and then I escaped. Yeah. So, like, same thing. It's just L ended up in Hawkins, and, like, and that's why her life she went ended this up in way. Chicago. Yeah. And she, yeah. So, that's kind of what I got from it. And again, I don't think it's inaccurate with like the way they they write Hawkins Lab in the rest of the show. Yeah. I think they just don't mention 
Kali, because why would they? Like, yeah. she's not in it anymore. Yeah. I I just, I like, I think why it didn't sit right was, like, there's so much urgency to find and locate Elle, but there is no urgency to find and locate Kali. Yeah. At all. That's true. That's true. Like, it, it, it's kind of like, okay, well, the entire show is based off of, like, basically dr brenner's like hunt to get l back like that's Mm -hmm. kind of like the overarching story is like he just wants her back yeah that's his property the way he sees it and but it's like but collie go fuck yourself (laughs) we're just not even gonna look for you like well and i guess i just assumed one of two things i assumed that like they were looking for collie it's just it's not a show about her so we don't see that yeah and that might have been maybe the plan for a spinoff where it's like they are hunting her too okay or I assumed that maybe, like you said in the episode about season one, is that, like, Brenner sees Elle as, like, extra special. special. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's why they're pursuing her so hard. Okay. Yeah. I think, I'm just thinking it out, out loud now. Blanks, I think that's yeah. probably why I didn't notice it as I was watching it or right. didn't think about, like, why doesn't she come back or anything like that. And I think you're right. I think they definitely could have been testing the waters for a spinoff show mm-hmm. just to see if it, yeah, if there was interest. Uh, yeah. And I think, too, like, with the fact that, I don't know, she gets very, like, vengeful at the end there when they're, like, I think it's Dr. Owens that they're about to kill. Is that who they're about to kill, Dr. Owens? No, no, no. It's the guy who did the electric shock therapy on Yes, I don't know why Elle's I always... Mom remember him as being the dr owens guy it's not you're right but like he gets she gets like so vengeful that it's like you can't come back from that you're you're now a bad guy yeah and i think that i think they're playing that against like again like how people cope with trauma in different ways where i mean a really good example of this would be like the last season of the handmaid's tale if you watched it but you know what i'm talking about where it's like some people just want revenge yeah. Right. And yeah. other people are like, I I want to heal from blood. it, yeah. and I want to and I want to move on. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest, like I don't think there's a wrong way to feel. No. No. Absolutely uh, not. But I, when you're I, watching it's something, it's, it's harder to relate to. I feel like when you're watching something, like it's harder to relate to in this like particular scenario. Kali, when she's like, "Fucking do it," basically, and mm-hmm. it's just like it, it's you while you're kind of like yeah get that revenge but you're also like no because now you're on their level that mm-hmm. lowers you to their yeah. level like it's it's harder to relate as an audience versus like yeah and i think yeah. she i think she points out exactly what we're talking about when she tells l to kill him l won't do it and then she goes to kill him and then l like takes the stops him. Yeah. like i can't remember i think it's a gun like yeah. i don't think she was gonna stab him i no. think she was gonna shoot no. him no oh, imagine if yeah, she imagine did that, because like... then, then that would just kind of change the whole story yeah you don't come back from that but she but she takes the gun out of her hand like with her powers and later she says like you have the the right to choose what you want to do but don't ever take away my choice yeah and i think that's that's the point again is that everyone's coping in different ways yeah is collie doing coping with it in a way that's maybe wrong like yeah yeah but i also understand why she sees it not as wrong because she's mm-hmm. like these people also killed a lot of people and kidnapped children and yeah. ruined our lives they like took stole and, our lives from us right yeah. she says that they, she says they stole their, your life from you yeah and so she sees it as fair in her mind and the trauma she's gone through, yeah. I understand that. As the audience were watching it, obviously being like, Elle doesn't want to kill him, and I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that seems like the right, the right we're, Because we know Elle is a character. We're like, if you if you kill him in this way... She has killed people. 
but it's always like justified it's always like in in the moment like you know what i mean for like self-protection and that's the gray area right it's like she's killed people that are there to hurt her yeah that are going to hurt her if she lets them yes but in the same time, she's killing the same category of people that exactly. ca- that Kali is. Kali's just hunting them down. Yeah. Right? They're, and she also knows that they're, again, probably looking for her. So she's like, well, I'm just going to find them first and, like, kill them. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. <laughs> so it, it it's kind of, yeah, it creates a bit of that gray area where it's like, why is what Kali's doing so much more wrong than what Elle has done? Yeah. And why do we feel that way? I think it just sort of presents... Again, the the different avenues that these kids yes could go down if out in the real world. Exactly, I think yeah. That makes but sense. I do completely understand people saying that like the episode itself feels out of place or doesn't feel it was like, just it like a different back. tone. Yeah, I totally get that. It doesn't change how I feel about season two because I know a lot of people have just been like, oh yeah, I just don't season two's meh because of that episode, and I'm like, yeah. no, I love season two. I I do like season two. I don't think it's my favorite. I I think the beginning of season two is like some of my favorite episodes because I, like the I Ghostbusters actually, episode is great yes. when Dustin finds Dart introducing Max like yes. and her character it's it's funny because I completely agree but I always like for some reason my brain like compartmentalizes it as not season two I don't know what it is mm-hmm. it's just... and that's why I think it's like for me it's like the first the yeah. first half of season two yeah is like really enjoyable for me yeah because, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, all the kitty stuff, and, and, like, yeah. that they're just, like, running around and being kids yeah. and, like, dressing up for Halloween just, and, like... There's something about it. Like, uh, you just love it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I love it's it. It's hard to not love it. Like... Another thing I wanted to talk about, too, as far as, like, I think a big sort of theme that's pulling from, like, 70s, more 70s media, but also mm-hmm. 80s, because like, it carried on, is, like, possession hysteria. Yeah. Right? Because we talked about this with The Exorcist. Yes. When and it came is, out, and that people were, but, like, yeah. more and more people were coming to the church being, like, I think I'm possessed and whatever. Because yeah. it's kind of, it created that that paranoia paranoia yeah. in, in the public that they're, like, oh, this could happen. Right with Ouija boards, where they're, like, if you touch a Ouija board, you're going to be possessed Which, and I all mean, this stuff. And Joyce had one plastered up on her wall. Oh, like, I know. I mean, and that's the no thing, No wonder right? Will's possessed. <laughs> like. and, I, and I think, yeah, Will being very much possessed yeah. by the mind flare um, is... I think a nod to that. I think it's a nod to the fact that there were a lot of people that believed that there was something going on with them where, again, it could have just been PTSD from something. It could yeah. have been another sort of psychological issue Anything, or yeah. something like that. Not Again, not to say that, like, all cases are different and, yeah. and whatever, and I'm not discrediting anyone if you are out there and you believe you've ever been possessed. Like, that's your own experience, and that's, I'm yeah. not saying that that's not real for you. Yeah. Um, but I think in obviously Haley's calling you a liar. <laughs> but obviously in Will's case, it is real because he is being possessed. And again, that's the interesting yeah. thing where it's just, we talked about it's in, not in the same fashion as we usually expect it to be. Yeah, like a demon. It's not. Versus, a, it's a. It's not a demon. It's like a. But it is a demon. It's like a demogorgon <laughs> controller yeah. mind flayer. Again, <laughs> these are all Dungeons and Dragons terms. So it's like yeah. But it, in a weird way, it does kind of feel like a demon, doesn't From it? From the depths of hell, They yeah. just don't relate. And we've talked about this. We've always, t- we've talked about in horror movies how, like, possession movies, they always have to relate to religion. Yeah. Always. But because it's devil, it's the god and the devil, exactly. right? And the demons are soldiers of the devil. But this is, like, completely unrelated to religion. Yeah. It's It's almost like taking a scientific spin on, like, 
a religious possession, but making it, like, in my eyes, believable. Like, you know what I mean? Cause, yeah. Because, like, again, we talk about this all the time. Like, I'm not a very religious person. No, so and I'm I, not either. So that's when, why I'm saying, like, that's you know, why if, for I, me if you're religious, that's fine. And, like, oh, of course absolutely. you would believe in that. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, so it's harder for me to believe that, like, Satan is going to come and, like, yeah. enter my body and I'm now Satan. Which, like, I mean, we all mm-hmm. know that's already happened. But, like... It's just, it, it's almost more believable t- for me to be like, okay, this, yeah, this gate was opened to this other parallel universe. Like, it just, it's it's easier to take There's in. another dimension where there's an entity yeah. that has the power yeah. to cr- cross-dimensionally take control of somebody. Yes. And that's kind of the way they're explaining it. And they do explain in very layman's terms, I would imagine, because I barely understand it. I don't understand most of it, but, yeah. like, I'm sure that if you were to actually explain explain it it, it, like it would be very very complex but when they talk about i think in season one when they're asking mr clark yeah about building the like um sensory deprivation tank whatever yeah and i can't remember if i think it's season two that they ask him or no i think maybe it is still season one when it's like when he's giving the example about the acrobat and the flea yeah is that season one yeah. Because that's at, like, Will's funeral, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. That's exactly... I think so. And so, he. that's what I mean. I think they tried very hard to simplify the yeah. science to be fed to, like, a just general audiences. And again, yeah. I'm a general audience, and I still don't fully understand what he's saying. Yeah. Because you can only go so far with it. But they are trying to lay the groundwork as far as... That's what exactly. science fiction does, right? Movies and TV, it's like... It there's, makes it very, like, user-friendly. That's, that's real, that <laughs> yeah. we do know about with physics and all this stuff. And then we're overlaying it with fiction yeah. as far as, like, this other dimension, this monster this yeah. whatever that they're Fill putting in the into gaps. right yeah exactly um so they do a good job of that and like we said relating it to something like a possession which is very much a horror movie thing yeah. it's a horror movie plot that and is even used the way often. they make him look too is very yeah. like straight out of a horror movie yeah like it oh, is absolutely yeah and it's just and it, they but they just put their own spin on it right exactly. where it's like he likes it cold so it's yeah. almost like like he's a like some sort like reptilian thing, but reptiles yeah. like heat, right? So Dustin yeah. explains that he's like, well, he's not a reptile because he doesn't yeah. like heat. So it's kind of like he's this other the opposite of a reptile. That, like we don't understand the like actual like makeup and like genetic basis of this thing because yeah. like the way we understand creatures is like if you're this, you like warm temperature. If you're this, mm-hmm. you like yeah. So and I think yeah. it's also hilarious that after everything these kids have been through and what they must believe about the world now that dustin finds dart and he still just thinks he's discovered a new species of animal that's what i never understand is come on dustin you know better (laughs) (laughs) you fucking know and i think i think that is the thing is i really truly do think dustin does know better and he knows right off the bat but I think he really wants to believe that that's not what it is. Well, yeah, I think it symbolizes for them that it was such a traumatic experience that they believe is over, that they want it to be done with so bad that he doesn't want to connect this creature back to what happened yeah. to them. But he's like, oh, it just it's just a creature yeah. that I found. Yeah. And it must be some sort of... Because, I mean, they're smart yeah. kids. They know there's, like, millions of species of animals out there that, yeah. like, we might not know about. Yeah. So he's looking through all the books and yeah. stuff, and he's like, I can't figure out what it is. I think yeah. it's some sort of polywog. And, like, <laughs> I also think, too, it, it plays, this is just, like, me being a pet owner, I know this. Like, it plays into that, like, 
I don't know, pet owner to like denial, you know, when people are like, oh, he, he won't bite. He's fucking so friendly. But then the thing's like, <laughs> like around that you and you're like, I don't know, it looks pretty demonic to me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it plays into that because like, we all know somebody that's like, my dog's so friendly, like, don't even worry. But they're yeah. like foaming at the mouth and you're like, there's no fucking way I believe you. Yeah. Your dog is friendly. I'm sorry. Yeah, or you're like, oh my God, my cat's so snuggly. You walk out there with like 87, 150 scratches yeah. all over your body. You're like, oh my God so friendly <laughs> so friendly like me when i'm like oh don't worry taco won't bother you tonight literally sleeping on your face <laughs> it's just like it's pet owner like denial fully where you're just like no yeah. no like i i have a connection with them and it's like that's great that you have that it's yeah. still a monster you're like they're nice to me <laughs> you know what i mean like no and yeah. i think you're right i think that very much plays into it because destin's like well but he yeah but we have a connection sure and even at the <laughs> and then at the end when they encounter him in the tunnel and he's like what oh dart he's yeah. like dart and then he like gives him nougat and then yeah. they all get past him so like that relationship dustin's built it does with him exist. saves them it does in the exist end, right yes. and that's great and dart's nice to you but he is still a monster <laughs> like it's just it's so true like yeah 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 that's like what i found about it where i was just like it's so funny because like that is like literally every person and their dog like yeah, because I'll be like, oh, Oscar's so sweet. And, like, someone will walk in and Oscar's like, da da Like, just like. Okay, Oscar is sweet, though. He is the sweetest, yeah. But <laughs> he's, like, he is 100% the sweetest. But right when you walk into the house, it sounds like he's going to, like, rip you limb from limb. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's gotten used to you. But, like, still, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. else comes over. Mm. They're they're asking for it, basically. He's a very scary guard dog. He's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> for a guy who can hardly move off the couch, he's <laughs> yeah. horrifying. He'll, he'll get to you. It just won't be quick. It's going to take a little while. <laughs> You do have a head start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to point out, too, I made a note about, like, because I, I feel like once or twice a season, they do, like, a really, really cool shot. Um, and I feel like in this season, I made a note of when Hopper finds the tunnels. Yeah. And he jumps in. And they, as he's getting into the tunnel, they're spinning the camera. So yeah. then as he lands and he stands up, once he he's, stands, he's fully upside, upside down. down. Oh my God, I loved that. that when yes. I was watching it, like Luke was again just playing his game. And I was like, yes! You're like, oh, oh I freaking love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do it in other seasons that I'll point out too in different ways. And I just, yes, I, I just exactly love like yeah. creative shots yeah cinematography yeah. like yeah. the just it's, things that are a little bit they're like we're gonna do this and it's, we're gonna and make it's it gonna cool work. <laughs> and it's gonna work especially when it symbolizes something like, like that, that where it's like the shot is upside down because because he's in the, in upside, the upside down, down. yeah yes. and it's funny because even when i saw that shot right away in my head i was like I bet Haley's going to bring this up. Absolutely. I loved <laughs> I like, it so I much. Bet. I loved it. Like, it. I, I was like, I don't even need to write it down. I know I she's was like, I want to make that final shot my screen saver on my laptop. Like, it's so Why good. don't you? Yeah, I will. <laughs> and take she's, she's take doing, me and Luke off. Just she's get out doing of there. it right yeah. now. <laughs> um, I love a lot of, like, the 80s slang that they work into this. When, like, Lucas and Dustin are joking with Max. They're like, oh, it's tubular. No, it's tubular. It's, like, totally tubular. Tubular. And then Elle comes back and she starts saying bitchin', which they carry through, like, everything. Later they make it seasons. Like a joke, yeah. They make it a joke, right? Where he, where Hopper's like, I kind of like this new look. She's like, and she's like, bitchin'. bitchin'. 
And I love and that. And it's just like, because it's, it's also applying on the fact of like you being like this loser kid that just like learned a new word and it becomes your whole identity. And it's like, yeah. that's like exactly what happens for her is like, absolutely. She has no idea of like basic language to begin with and then learns a word like bitchin'. And she's like, this is my identity. Yeah, she's like, bitchin'. Everything is fucking bitchin'. Like, <laughs> it's just like, absolutely. I didn't even think about that too when you like learn a new slang word as a kid and you're like, yeah, yeah this is it. Everything this is, is it. sick. Everything is, yeah, I can't, oh, I can't even sick. think of sling, yeah. slang, right? Sling. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the one I think yeah. when I was a kid. Everything was sick. Everything was sick for a while, yeah. Sweet, Sweet sometimes, sweet. but like, yeah, yeah, sick for sure. What What are words? What are words that we have right now? <laughs> oh my God. Dope was in for a while. That's not a thing anymore. Okay, I still say that. Oh. Get out of <laughs> here. Here I'm like, only fucking losers say it. <laughs> That's fucking oh. dope. <laughs> it's you know what's funny is like i uh, maybe i'm like remembering wrong but i feel like introducing obviously introducing max in season two is like mandatory but for some reason i feel like introducing billy wasn't that mandatory in season two obviously season three is heavily heavily circled around billy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i think he doesn't play into it too too much in season two or unless it's just no. like it's necessary ramp up for season three but i think yeah i think again billy for me was just that representation of like 80s toxic masculinity yeah even though he doesn't have as much of an actual role in the plot like he's like always like driving around in his like muscle car yeah. blasting music and like you know Man, like he just needs to go therapy and sweaty and smoking and shit yeah, whatever and going and, like, like four thousand kilometers an hour for no reason and trying to hit children on the road yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so that's really like that was the only function i felt like he had in the season was like that leading up to like beating the shit out of steve harrington right because it's like yeah again that Wait, I can't remember. Why does he beat the shit out of him again? <laughs> because he's about to go on a date and then the parents come home and they're like, where's Max? Because Max snuck out her window. And they're like, you're supposed to be watching her. So like, you're not going on your date. You have to go find her. So he goes to everyone's house. That's why he goes to right. the Wheeler's house. He flirts with Karen. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> which is like such a funny storyline. Yeah, which we were, we're so going to get into that in season, in season three. three. I have a lot yeah. to say about it. <laughs> and then he go, and then he goes to Will's house and Steve comes out and he's like, oh my, me and Luke were so pissed at this part too, where Steve's like, she's not here. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he's like, then who's that? And he lo- you look and all four of them are looking out the window, like poking their heads <laughs> and they jump, they jump down from yeah. the windows. It's like, you're so stupid. Like, like, just like, hide. <laughs> now you just got Steve he's gonna yeah. get like shit kicked Once out of again, him now, his ass yeah. kicked. <laughs> so um, true oh my but God. that is another big big moment for Max too right because at the end of it well she stabs him with the needle yeah um, oh, oh my god I always forget I about forget that. about this too always yeah just cause that. I just watched it a few days ago she stabs him with the needle and then he's on the floor and she takes the bat with all the nails in it yeah and she's like say that you're gonna leave me and my friends alone and then she slams the bat down right in between his legs, like as if she's like, gonna hit his balls. I'm but like away he, your precious junk. But like she's so close, but she doesn't, and she's like, say it. And he's like, okay. And I that's her, her like moment to like stand up to him. Because yeah. he is he is really being like border he's he's abusing her. He's not physically abusing her, but he's being abusive towards her, yeah, right? Because like, he's it's supposed to represent that cycle of abuse that like his dad's being abusive to him. Yeah. So, so he's, he's being abusive to her. Yeah. So it's it definitely is a big moment for max to like yeah. stand up to her abuser in that in that effective sense yeah um, in such a badass way too yeah yeah so. <laughs> for sure 
So, like, yeah. that's a good moment. And Steve's just, like, knocked the fuck out. Actually, I love that part where they put him in the car and he wakes up and Max is driving Billy's car. Yeah. Oh. And she's like, everyone shut up. I have to concentrate. He's like, he's like, no, no. <laughs> and she's, I'm pretty sure she's going, like, so fucking fast, too. She, it's like, she no. hits a mailbox. She's, like, hitting everything. <laughs> Which is, like, classic. A classic driving anything yeah. recklessly. You're going to hit a mailbox. You're, you have to. <laughs> it's mandatory. Oh, man. Another thing about Max that I think... Uh, well, it it could it could have happened without Max, I guess. But she sort of like is the reason this whole conversation happens. But when she at the beginning, when Mike doesn't really like her, um, and she's like, "Come on, like whatever," and he's like, "No, you can't be a part of our party. Like we we have everyone that we need." And yeah. he goes on, and this is something that I didn't. I asked Luke about it because I think I just never really paid attention to it. And then when he said it, and I was like, I wrote it down because I was like, "What does this mean?" He's like. Mike, he says, I'm our paladin, Will's our cleric, Lucas is our ranger, Dustin's our bard, and Elle is our mage. And then she's like, wait, Elle, Elle is a mage? Like, is she like, does she do magic tricks or something or whatever? And like, that's, and the whole conversation, then she's like, well, what about like a, like, like a Zoomer or something like that? And he's like, that's not even a thing. And she's like, it could be a thing. And so I talked to Luke about it because I was like, is this some sort of, what, what is he saying? And so Luke's yeah. like, well... He's like, these are kind of like terms that would be used in like fantasy, like the the genre of fantasy yeah. or or some anything relating to that that describe like archetype characters. Yeah, like I guess. Your, your role. Like yeah, what so, you bring to the table. Yeah. So I think if I'm remembering co- correctly, and I should have looked it up and actually written it down, but like L being the mage, like a mage is like a wizard or a witch or something like that, someone who has magical powers. Yeah. A bard is like a almost like a jester but like usually someone who plays music yeah um so that's dustin which makes sense because he's like the funny one and whatever a ranger luke was saying is kind of like i think he said is sort of like someone like aragorn in the lord of the rings where like they call him a ranger where you're you're almost like a traveler yeah but not like a not that you're homeless but it's like you're someone who moves around a lot but you're also like a like a fighter yeah sort of thing a cleric or like you're well traveled and you kind of like see the world differently maybe yeah but you don't yeah. stay in one place yeah kind of thing um and then will is the cleric so he said a cleric is like a scholar like the like the the wise one or like yeah. an intelligent one and then mike is the paladin so i think luke said the paladin is kind of like a warrior yeah like the brave one yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I just, it's something that was said and I've watched it through many times, but I never, I just yeah. didn't think about it and then never made effort to understand like, what that break meant. Break it down, yeah. But it's interesting that they are all of these archetypes. Like yeah. when you think about it, you're like, yeah, okay, Dustin is like the bard and like yeah. Mike is the paladin and Will's the cleric and all that stuff yeah. and Elle's the mage. But like you kind of, I don't think it felt that obvious in the first season. Like, I wasn't, no. like, uh, uh, yeah, a little bit, like, Dustin's the funny one or whatever. Yeah, but, like, like you're you getting a sense. But, like, it, yeah. But I it think doesn't right. feel so Disney. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Where it's, like, you're this character you're and the bad that's guy, your you're only the good guy, quality, you're the funny right? One. Yeah. yeah. And so when he lays it out like that, they're literally telling you, like, we've created these characters to kind of fit in these molds, but they're complex enough that they're not just that archetype exactly you know yeah no yeah that and i think that makes a lot of sense yeah and i don't know i luke went to bed by the time <laughs> i i figured out that i forgot to ask him like when max says well i could be your zoomer and he's like that's not even a thing i don't maybe that's not a thing i don't know but then when she drives the car 
and she gets she's them to she's dri- and, and then she's in. like see zoomer and i'm like what does that mean maybe that just means like the getaway driver like maybe maybe she just like <laughs> created that term and she's like i am this and i think she did i think she created it and then she drives the car really fast and it's like see zoomer yeah. that's the like, perfect well, she's name like, for always me. on her skateboard she's always, too. On her she's skateboard, always right? like always she's- moving always like Always on the move. Yeah. Can't catch her. Also something that I didn't catch, but I I saw in an article, is that Max's skateboard is the same skateboard brand that Marty McFly uses in Back to the Future. Interesting. That he's skateboarding on. I would have never noticed that. I never would have noticed that, for sure. And I would have not even known. Like, the just... No. And and then they work Back to the Future in, like, a lot in season three. Um... But I just thought that was interesting because I didn't... They had, like, a picture of both the skateboards. They look different, but I think it's the same brand. Yeah. And I was like, that's very cool. I didn't make that connection between her skateboarding and, like, Marty McFly as a skateboarder. Yeah. But that's definitely there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they they make reference to a couple other 80s movies as well. Like, Nancy and Steve go as characters from Risky Business. Right. For Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, Nancy's, like, a, like she has a picture, a poster of Tom Cruise on her wall. So yeah. it's, like, they're obviously giving a nod to... Is it zoomed to, in on his middle tooth? No. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Um, and for me, I feel like at the end, when, like, Bob... When they're all at the Hawkins lab, and they're trying to, like, get out without getting like drawing attention to themselves getting got by the demodogs and everything (laughs) yeah um to that feels very alien to me yeah like the movie alien or even like aliens yes um but yeah like that series of movies that 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 felt very like a nod to that to me and again i don't know if i'm reading into that a little bit more but it just felt either way yeah (laughs) i was like that feels like alien to me. yeah fuck i had something here what did i have Oh, yeah. I did want to say, like, Barb does get kind of closure in this season with, like, being able to have a funeral at the end, which is, like, nice. Mm -hmm. I wrote that down. Um, And, like, the the watering it down was smart thing. I think that's something that... And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not like the person that knows about every scandal that's ever happened in the world, (laughs) but I think they're probably just implying that anything any big scandals that you've heard or stories or whatever with the government down or yeah yeah like it's maybe not the whole truth yeah it's probably just the digestible truth that the public can handle yeah and i wonder yeah if that is like a way to continue on to be like don't trust the government well and i think you hear a lot about that with like people who look into like aliens and stuff like that right where they're like oh like the roswell incident and they're like oh no it was just a weather balloon and then eventually (laughs) people were like but it's not. And then years later, the government w- just admitted they that were like, yeah, us. it's not a weather balloon. And then yeah. they didn't say what it was. And yeah. it's like, that's the only thing you that's think the public get? can handle is like, it wasn't a weather balloon. Yeah, but we can't tell you what it was. We can't tell you what it is, though, because you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you can't handle it. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people that, like, well, I listen to so many podcasts that talk about aliens and stuff like that, too, here and there. And so you I think it. there's a big theme in that as far as like the government knows and they will only tell you bits and pieces of what they think you can handle well because like honestly yeah i get it i do get it because it is one of those things where like if aliens you let... are real <laughs> sorry <laughs> 
turns out Haley's just like a full-blown conspiracy theorist. She's got a tinfoil hat on. <laughs> no. Like, I do I, I do get it where it's like, I, you know what? Obviously, do I know what's happening in the world? Fuck no. No, absolutely. I'm never going to sit here and claim to know everything. But it's because the just aliens like, come in every day. They wipe your memory. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Even when I do get onto the truth, they're like, not the name. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Wait, you did that with your finger? Becky made this motion with her finger like someone was just going poking around in your brain. Yeah, oh. I was doing the anal probe is what I was doing. Oh. But, but okay. Your way sounds a little less painful. So. <laughs> but like, I just, I, I get it in the sense of like, yeah, you know what? If you did release all the truth, there would be fucking mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just, yeah. Yeah, but that's a whole other Well, and again, I think Murray points out, he's like, it, he's like, if we release this information, like, no one's actually going to believe us. Yeah. I think that's that's another point, too, where he's like, we want people to believe us. You have to, we like, want people to take it seriously. It. Yeah. yeah. So that's obviously yeah. kind of, yeah, th- like, working through the journalistic dilemma of, yeah. like, what, how do you make this digestible for people yeah because you also don't want to be like laughed out of here because like you're the quack that wrote this thing that nobody believes even though it's like true yeah Yeah. and murray very much probably relates to that because he's like nobody fucking believes anything that i say say, anything i say people laugh in my face so (laughs) (laughs) because i'm hilarious (laughs) Uh, i don't have really anything else other than i have one last note okay one last note and it's in relation to my very first note in season one review okay nancy redeems herself with dustin over the pizza slice fiasco (gasps) i know because he's walking around everybody's denying him by the way i started crying eyeball every time i I watched that part i actually started literally was like are you crying right now and i was like look at him he just wants to fucking dance (laughs) no i I started crying crying thinking about it (laughs) before the dance even started like when he's in the car with steve i is usually when i start crying because (laughs) i love because i love their their romance it's so cute i could watch a whole show about just them so i know they should have a spinoff show like that's great oh i'm in yeah in (laughs) but it's it's just it's you see you go through yeah. all of the emotions with him you see him being nervous and then getting out there and steve's like he just, puts himself out there and, and and he's just like okay you know what i'm just gonna take a deep breath and be confident because like steve told me it's be all confident. confidence yeah. right and and then try not to care and everything whatever and then he goes out and then you see him get knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and then you're like you see him crying in the corner and you're like yeah buddy that's what i'd be doing too man yeah, like me in my pillow on the couch like why <laughs> yeah and, and, and then for nancy his... to just stomp on over and like dance with him i was just like yes it's like you earned my respect back after the, p- the pizza the slice. pizza thing yeah because yeah. i because I, I was holding it against you for a bit there <laughs> yeah for sure and i think that's such a sweet moment for for her to just be like girls at this age are stupid they don't realize they're gonna they're gonna realize one day yeah because that's the bob and joyce thing right that's the bob and joyce thing and that is also very much the nancy thing where she in that in that time period this timeline of season two she winds up with the guy she didn't think she was going to be winding up with exactly exactly she thought she would end up with the popular guy yeah but she wound up with the nerdy guy Mm -hmm. so she's yeah i I loved that i loved that Mm -hmm. and then it also makes dustin look like a badass because he's dancing with the girl's with the school's prettiest girl like yeah i know you know what i mean she's like 
older and in high school. And yeah, all the girls like, are like, what, what the fuck? Dustin got hurt. Yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> and it's just so true because, like, imagine, like, being that age and you'd see that happen. Yeah, you would be like, oh, my God, what? Like, it mm-hmm. would just be, like, the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. loved it. <laughs> like, it would be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the, the amount of emotional control Dustin has over me, I'm fucking done. I like, know. I cannot do it anymore. He's so good. Like, I laugh. I cry. Like, he just gives me all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dustin's show. Uh, all of those kids at certain points, though, have got me in a way. Like, yeah. not maybe not every single one, but um, the scene in season one, I kind of forgot to talk about this, but when they think they found Will's body and Mike goes home and just, like, hugs his mom and starts yeah. crying, yeah. I ball every time. Because they're, they're just such believable actors. They're really just good. Like, Fuck. It's like watching like your little brother or sister go through something and you're just like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like as much as I want to wring Jade's neck out every now and then when I watch <laughs> her go through something, I'm like, this bitch has me crying. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and it's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know. They, they're very. It's done well. Yeah. They're awesome. It's done very well. I think the last thing I had was just um, from my references lists where I said all the references yeah. and stuff that they've made. Um, I think uh, lots, loads of movies, I think, referenced in this one. Still yeah. still in the in the first season as well, but mm-hmm. like a lot more movies. I think they're working in here like um, it's always like Lord of the Rings is always there. I, m- I mentioned Risky Business, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I didn't fully. Okay. I feel like I got this, but I didn't get it in the same scene is that apparently when Elle wants to go out trick or treating and she puts on the sheet and she's like, I'm just, I'll be a ghost, um, which that shot is hilarious to me. Just her looking up at Hopper and she's got a sheet on yeah, her she's top of her. Like, she's like a little ghost. <laughs> um, apparently that was supposed to be a direct reference to E.T. Yeah. Which, I feel like I feel like I could get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that, but I felt I get I was getting ET vibes more from them like riding around their bikes at night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or even in the first season when yeah. when Elle is riding on Mike's like the pegs on his bike or whatever. Yeah. I I was getting ET vibes from that. Yeah. But then apparently this scene with her with the sheet over her was a direct nod to that. So yeah. that so ET's in there. Um Halloween, obviously, with like Michael Myers, the like um Max's costume. Yeah. Alien, like I said, I think I got alien vibes. And then another one that, again, I might be reading into this a little bit is Signs. Did you see Signs? Yeah. Okay. I got two. There were two moments for me that I felt like I got vibes of from that movie. One, when Hopper is investigating out in the farm fields and then he walks into the cornfields there's a part where like the cornfield okay. is like there's like rustling or something yeah, and he yeah, yeah. walks into it. That to me felt like signs, especially because I just rewatched signs like a year ago. Right. Also, maybe like children, children of the corn e like if yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like that was obviously a big, big, a big thing around thing. the time too. <laughs> yes. Horror, horror movie wise. Yeah. Um, and then also when Bob is in the closet when he's hiding from the demodog, and then there's like. A lot of movies had done this. I think it's partly because I just watched Signs, but like when you see the shadow underneath the door. Oh yeah, and that that kind of gave me Signs vibes too. Because like when the aliens That's come and they're like they, down in the they're they down do. in the yeah. cellar or whatever, and they're like walking underneath the door and they see the shadows, and I'm like, oh okay. But definitely the cornfields, I think, are either like Signs isn't an '80s movie. It's but it's something that's 
already come out and it's technically a horror movie. Yeah. So I they could have been nodding to that. It maybe would have been could have been more ch- Children of the Corn because that's more that time that period. Time, yeah, exactly. But just the shots themselves kind of felt gave me like vibes. Very from yeah. that because cornfields are like terrifying. Why are they so scary? They're, but so, they're so, scary. so scary. Even in the daytime, they're scary. Yeah. I like I I won't go into one. Like I'm not gonna. No, I would never watch on them probably well i mean i've been in one that's like a maze but yeah i i actually still get scared of those so like i don't go to i don't blame you i don't blame you yeah yeah Mm -hmm. my mom sometimes she still calls us this but like i don't know how this started but sometimes when she would be talking to me and tyler or when she'd be like calling us she'd be like children children of the corn She'd be like, okay, children of the corn. Like, Why she would she do that? Like, something like that. And then when I grew up and started reading Stephen King and I read like, Children of the Corn, and I was like, You're wait like, a Mom. second. Mom, this isn't funny. This is rude. <laughs> Have I just like not seen Children of the Corn? I, I actually haven't seen it. I've read it, but I've never seen it. Oh shit, it looks scary. I know. <laughs> I Googled it before we started this episode. I was oh, like, it looks really these scary. Kids look terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can watch Children of the Corn. <laughs> Yeah, no, we I gotta do it. We gotta review it now. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Fine, but we have to watch it together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, la- speaking of watching something together, so I know we've on here talked about Lights Out. Oh yeah. So last night I had an, an experience because the way your lamp is set up, I like, I turn out the light and then I like turn away and then I was like, I for whatever reason when I turned out the light and turned away, I was like, well, fuck, I better hope I don't have to like turn back over and turn the light on because that face is going to be there. I know. So, and then I, like, I really needed a sip of water, but I was like, I'm not, I'm just going to wait until the morning. (laughs) No. So I just didn't, I just was like (laughs) clenching the pillow. Like, I'll just fucking wait till the morning, like crying. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that that, movie, obviously that short film really messed us up. Yeah. Cause I, I haven't been able to watch the like actual movie they made based off of the short because the short fucked me up. It's not, it's not as scary. I don't care. It's not as scary as I literally the short don't at care. all. Like they don't have that that face is not in it. Okay. It's like <laughs> Yeah. It's it's kind of like what I, I we can't. talked about before where it's like it's scarier when you can't see it, but then when you see it, a lot of where a lot of horror movies do like CGI. Yeah. So it's kinda of like that. Okay. Like Mama. Did you see Mama? I liked Mama, yeah. I liked that. But you know how it's like when you finally see it, it's like a CGI sort of thing. Yeah. It's kinda of like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, it's not as scary. Whereas, like, the short film is like, yo, that face is. Are you okay? Did you hear that again? <laughs> Are you okay? My, my stomach is like, stop talking about this. Stop talking about this. Stop Just, it. And you're going to scare yourself all One more again. second and we're going to evacuate these bowels, whether you like it or not. Like... <laughs> all right. Yeah. So since we, all right, guys, that's since season, we started talking about something, about that's a wrap on season two of Stranger Things. <laughs> yep. So you get a little break from Stranger Things next week with a very intense true crime case. Yeah. In our opinions. Yeah. Yeah. A very controversial one. So I don't know. Enjoy Super or don't enjoy. Um, Much more controversial than Stranger Things. Definitely. Because definitely, I don't there should be no controversy. It's amazing. It's in, There's it's zero like controversy. One of the best shows ever. Sorry yeah. if you don't think so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I have read articles where people try to say otherwise, but. Ew. I'll tell you after. Ugh. You're not going to like 
<laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. You don't. Have, it doesn't have to be your favorite show, but I mean, like, you no. can't say that it's a bad show. No. Guys. Last night when we were watching um, TV, I was reading an article and I was like, oh, I can't wait to show this one to <laughs> Haley because it just is not good. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. So on that note, <laughs> sign up to be super cool. Join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com/slash How to Not Get Killed. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to How to Not Get Killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at How to Not Get Killed. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening to us ramble on about Stranger Things. Yeah. Thank you for letting us talk there, about what we want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> there could be Stranger Things. Let's that. just leave it there. <laughs> Keep it sleazy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>